Welcome to the second episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race 31 recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as always is the Canadian who podcasts at what can only be described as elephant speed, Logan Saunders. Good morning. And the lady who hasn't had any fun on the podcast yet, mainly thanks to her family, Michelle Pierce-Denovan. Uh, I, was, I was about to say good morning, good evening. Yeah, good, good whatever time it is, let's be honest. <laughs> in, case I don't, in case I can't think, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> because we've got one of each happening right now. We've got a middle of the day, a morning, and an evening. Good whatever time you're listening to this. <laughs> and yet again, another very interesting week for all of us, I think. I almost got mugged by 10-year-olds. Ooh, this sounds like a story we need to investigate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was walking around in Cape Town, broad daylight, and two 10-year-olds tried to block the sidewalk, asked money for food, and then they tried to pickpocket me. But luckily my jacket was just full of old receipts, so they didn't actually get anything of remote value. Oh, lovely. But they did yeah. run out with your receipts. Uh, no, it wasn't really receipts. Actually, it was like, I think, maybe an old map. I think I lost one of my maps from Japan that was stuffed into my coat pocket. Well, they'll know how to get around Japan now, won't they? Yeah, they'll they'll really know how to get around Kanazawa. They'll be able to find the best sushi in Japan. <laughs> and your week, Mike? Uh, well, my week, as I, I said to you, I had I wasn't very well last weekend. I'm still sort of struggling with my voice a little bit, so this will be fun. But then. Three podcasts last weekend, had to edit them all, got that started for Thursday, watched Avengers on Thursday, but Thanos has demanded my silence. Yesterday, because we're recording this on Saturday, yesterday I was on the radio with a contestant from The Apprentice and a professional comedian, two different people, and then got to get this up for tomorrow, tomorrow's my brother's birthday, and then the Belgian mole season starts again, and then next weekend, Logan and I are in Amsterdam. Well, I'm in Amsterdam on Saturday, and then we meet up in Antwerp on Sunday. Busy, busy. Well, I'm on. I'm. I've been on holidays. <laughs> Lovely. Again. School goes back next week. Well, so we have two weeks off around Easter, so yeah, school goes back again next week. But I had a lovely week in that I had the Fliminator, um, like something I did on Instagram, and I had Elise, like something I said on Twitter. So, oh my God, it was a good week. You should be so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> Phil to Michelle is Gilles to me from Belgian Mole. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The geeky fan pictures will be on next weekend. I can't wait. I sense a cover photo. Yeah, L- Logan and I have already basically said that, or I've said to Logan because he has no choice over this, that if and when we get a photo with Gilles next weekend, it's 100% being our banner for the finale. But there's no negotiation on this. Definitely. What else have you been up to this week, Logan, apart from getting mugged by 10-year-olds? Um, I met up with Rudez, who played in a couple of my online Survivor games, hung out with her and her uh, husband's family. Um, then what else did I do? Um, oh, Table Mountain. Table Mountain, one of the seven new natural wonders of the world. If you ever go to Cape Town, go up to Table Mountain. But don't go up there alone, because you'll, you'll probably get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> Cape Town, nowhere in South Africa is really safe to walk around by yourself, whether it be day or night, I've I've been told. I do like that Logan has to say, yeah, go there, but don't go alone. For everywhere. Yeah. Well, if you do, you have to take Uber right to where you need to be. 
and then you're safe that way. You just have to be extra vigilant and cautious when you're traveling around South Africa. I shall bear that in mind. Yes, you should. <laughs> what, what is he laughing at? I missed it. Himself, mainly. Okay. <laughs> so, Amazing Race, and I think most people would agree this is a better episode than last week. There is a budget. I don't love it as much as some people do. I just love Amazing Race. You can't put it down too much. I know you do, but you're also a defender for the shit show that was Amazing Race 30, Michelle, so... I love any of it. Yes. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we end this episode with Rupert saying, Amazing Race kicked my ass. Not good. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Phil Kogan? So, previously, 11 teams of CBS reality stars set off from LA, of course, on a race, re- race around the world. Neil said race across the world, despite that being an infinitely better show right now. <laughs> In Tokyo, non-racers were overwhelmed while Leo and Jamal used tricks, not illusions, to get ahead. The roadblocks were game show inspired and saw teams chomp and slip. Leo and Jamal won the leg, while Art and JJ took a penalty, saving Rupert and Laura and sending themselves home. And teams are now fl- fly to Long Prabong in Laos. See, everyone was saying it Laos. They all pronounced it wrong. Yeah. Mm. I was mentally prepared to say Lao, and then everyone, including Phil, said Laos. Well, they're not cultured enough. No. So teams must now fly to Long Prabong in Laos, the only landlocked country in Southeast Asia. Once there, they have to take a taxi to Bilasanti, where their next clue will be delivered before sunrise. I still say that they should have gone to Van Vieng. It would have been hilarious to see Rupert and Laura try to go through the most notorious party town in all of Southeast Asia. It, like, instead of a bar- barbecue alley, would have just been all, like, do 20 mushrooms, or learn a random made-up alphabet from this guy who was very high. I know that this this episode basically bookends Rupert and Laura's adventure. I don't think we're going to see Rupert back on a a show for a little while now. But I would just love to see yeah. Rupert having to go through any sort of travel show. Like just, <laughs> pie, stick, pie. just stick him on a random plane. It'd be great. It's kind of funny that Rupert's a youth mentor, so his um, so his youth would be like, oh man, you know what really inspires me is Rupert. And for Rupert, he says, you know what really inspires me? this These elephants... They're my spiritual guide. They're my moral guidance. <laughs> oh, there was so much irony from uh, from Rupert on um, this episode. Why would he pick doing learning an alphabet over barbecuing something that he probably ate on Survivor? I think he probably ate a lot worse than tilapia on Survivor. Tastes like ass. Oh my god. And you know why I am welcoming this episode? The fact that we basically got all the start times. Yes! I wrote that down. Yeah, the only two teams we didn't get them from were Chris and Brett and Janelle and Brittany. Why? I don't know. So we have Leo and Jamal leaving at 12.42am, Colin and Christy at 12.45, Tyler and Corey at 12.54. Can I just say, Tyler's hair was very fluffy. You can. Rachel and Alitha left at 1am, Becca and Floyd left at 1.04, Nicole and Victor at 1.06. Then we didn't see Chris and Brett or Janelle and Brittany's start times. But Corinne and Eliza left at 2.06, and Rupert and Laura left at 4.25. Long time behind. Yeah, it's kind of funny with with Rupert and Laura that, you know, the expectations for them were already really low, and they barely survived a round where somebody took a four-hour penalty, and then this round two teams got U-turned, and they still come in dead last, and it's not even close. 
So they even performed worse than the really low expectations that was that were set for them. Are Rupert and Laura the worst performing second boost ever? Yeah, Ooh. I think so. Or uh, Meredith so. and Maria. Uh, let's think. Meredith and Maria. Pa- Pat and Kate and Pat from season twelve. Um, Megan and Heidi from season seven were pretty bad, but I feel like they would have beaten Rupert and Laura though. It, they would definitely be in contention. The thing is, once you have, like, can Rupert and Laura drive a stick? Because that's what on that's what made it Meredith Meredith and Miriam uh, be like an absolutely atrocious team. I have no idea. I assume they, I assume Rupert would be able to know how to drive a stick. Yeah, you'd you'd think so, but also you'd assume that Rupert could navigate. Hmm. I drive a hybrid. You'd assume Rupert could either navigate or build a shelter correctly. Yeah, maybe he's. Maybe they're not the absolute worst. I feel like Meredith and Maria would still lose to them, but like out of the thirty or so, or forty or so second boot team, second boot teams they've seen, they'd probably be in the bottom three or four. I feel like they've probably got to be in contention. They would be, yeah. They they just need to do a full season of first and second boots, and I'm sure Rupert and Laura would still be one of the first ones out. Yeah, probably. Like maybe they might beat. Meredith and Maria, and John and Scott. Can you imagine Phil having to pull his hair out at nobody turning up to every pit stop because they just keep bumbling their way through the entire leg? He would actually get to rest for once. He could actually sleep. He'd be the, the freshest-looking Phil in all the seasons. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to actually prepare that season? Yeah, we need to have a three-day buffer in just in case these morons actually can't navigate properly. Twelve shows, 80 days. <laughs> All they do is they just do it in the time frame of race across the world rather than race around the world. It'd be fine. And Phil gets paid. Does he get? Oh, he gets paid per episode, so it'd be like the least amount of money he ever makes on a season per day. He's just, he's essentially taking a pay cut if they do a season like that. Yeah, just change it from twenty-one days to in twelve. Oh, change it from twelve legs in twenty-one days to twelve legs in fifty days. Blood, sweat, and tears come down to this. <laughs> so many tears. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of tears, oh, I am so heartbroken over the very, very short-lived alliance between Beck and Floyd and Rachel and Alitha. Oh my god. I I thought, hang on, they've just said they're in an alliance. Did I miss when there was actually a conversation? I just couldn't I was like, what what are they talking about? Well, they were gonna find the tickets today thing together, and then Beck and Floyd just ditched Rachel and Alitha and instead just searched with Nicole and Victor. Yeah. How do you guys feel about a surprise U-turn where they're just not actually telling them at the start of the leg anymore, caution, double U-turn ahead. They just go, yeah, surprise, you found one. I like the thinking on their feet aspect to it. Teams are going to make really dumb decisions as to who they U-turn. Like in this case, you have Rachel and they're like, eh, we're holding up a bunch of teams behind us. Um, um, let's U-turn. Let's say Beck and Floyd are a strong team, but really it's because they screwed us over finding the ticket place. Yeah. I think it was a terrible decision for Rachel and Alifa. I think it was a great move from Leo and Jamal. Yeah, to be like, not use the U-turn, but use the surprise of Beck and Floyd being U-turned to make them U-turn another strong team? Well, not just another strong team. The team who Leo and Jamal want out the race anyway. Yeah. To just say, like, hey, can you guys... We're not going to do it, but you guys should U-turn Tyler and Corey. You did it? Awesome. Blood off of our hands. The only thing that's on in Afghanimal's hands is cat hair from Pablo. And the best thing for them is the fact that 
actually Tyler and Corey probably won't you send them back because of it. Why not? Why wouldn't they? Because Tyler and Corey don't know that Leo and Jamal were responsible for it. Oh, no, but I think they should U-turn Melissa and Rachel. How stupid are they? Why would you do it in... You're just going to be a target for somebody else. Yeah, who knew that Rachel would be targeted because she used a U-turn too early? Rachel making a bad move in week two of a show, causing people to target her going forward. That doesn't sound like Rachel. Yeah, that's (laughs) never happened before. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely not the reason why she was brought back for a fifth time. (laughs) So, Leo and Jamal say that they have redeemed themselves from their previous visits to Tokyo. And Colin says that they've grown in 15 years, and we see a flashback to his rather iconic incident in Tanzania. And they fought for the first 10 years of their relationship, but not anymore. The next five have been solid. Yeah, this is all foreshadowing. That's it has the thing. to be. If you don't think that this sort of a confessional going, oh no, we don't fight anymore, isn't going to bring us a wonderful Colin and Christy fight at some point, you've never seen this show before. There is not a chance that Colin and Christy will get through however many legs they survive without sniping at each other, I suspect. Which is fun. It's fun for us. It's like a ticking time bomb. You know the meltdown's gonna come. And I saw a few people going, oh, I don't like Colin and Christy anymore because they're boring. It's like, A, no they're not, because they're still as intense people. They're just channeling it into yoga, basically, now. And B, remember that Colin and Christy were rather under the radar in their first couple of legs on Amazing Race 5. Yes, episode three is where it ramped up, and episode three didn't even ramp it up that much. It's once you got into round, which round would I say? Probably round, once they got that that super duper Cairo leg, it was just pure intensity from there. Never ever underestimate Colin and Christie's intensity. But this fun little mini storyline of them pretending to be peaceful yoga people who help out all the other teams around them. It's just delicious to see, because you know the main course is coming. The payoff for this is the fact that they got to go to Laos and do the the task about the Buddhist monks and all that sort of stuff, and and talk about them believing in it. I want to see them do that in season five, because those confessionals would be very different. You'd be calling, like, shoving the monk to grab the clue and run off. Yeah. (laughs) Screw your love and compassion. I've got to give arms to a monk? That is bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> he'd be throwing the food into their baskets like trying to throw it from far away so he could run off my buddha's broken you just have uh Shala and men are just egging him on in the background god i wish they'd come back i heard a rumor they were asked were they asked i think so i've i've heard a rumor really? they were yes god I would love they're to another see team them. in a similar vein to colin and christy who are always in the mix for every all-star season Imagine Myrna trying, she'd be like, oh yeah, I speak fluent Lao. I can memorize this alphabet in no time. Well, the best thing is, if Shala and Myrna came back, you'd just see Colin trying desperately not to rip their heads off. But, (laughs) yes, I'm Zen now, I've been Zen since I was last on 15 years ago, and just trying desperately not to punch them square in the face. Yeah, he'd be so (laughs) in mind. He's like, I am at peace. I am at peace with that raging bitch trying to cuss me out. This is bullshit. <laughs> He'd have to just keep channeling and keep thinking about balance and his chakras so that he, he didn't go off the handle. He'd just be 
<laughs> He's just funny to watch. I'm just looking forward to the inevitable meltdown that's coming. Buddha has no compassion for Armenians. And Tyler and Corey are next to leave, and they say that they think Leo and Jamal will use a U-turn on them, and we see that Leo and Jamal are entirely planning on using a U-turn on them. So that's fun. I love proxy U-turn use. We haven't really seen much proxy U-turn use. The last similar thing to this I can think of is the Yield Queen incident in Allstars. Yeah, because Danny and Oswald were about to be homeless. I honestly can't think of another time where a team has used Amazing Grace strategy and gone, yeah, I'm going to keep all the blood off my hands, but you go ahead. If you want to U-turn someone, I'll give you my advice, but I'm not saying you've got to do it. (laughs) I'm just strongly hinting at it. I mean, it would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> and, but it's all it's all for naught because Rupert and Laura are still in the race. You could you turn seven teams and it wouldn't have made a difference. Pie, pie. Yeah, this is why it's a great idea to have a, a leg two U-turn with this sort of a cast because they're obviously going to make the really short-sighted, stupid moves. And then you still have Rupert and Laura to get eliminated and not actually waste any of the fun that's going to come from this. I would have done what Leo and Jamal did. I would have made someone U-turn someone else and... Theirs isn't the stupid move, though. Rachel and Alitha spent the entire episode being terrified that Becca and Floyd are in the same room with them. How's that going to play out? (laughs) Becca and Floyd aren't even that strong of a team. No, they're not. That's, That's the fun thing. Becca and Floyd, for all their many strengths, were the second weakest Amazing Race team coming into the season. The real targets are Tyler and Corey, who came into the season with the best average. Yeah. Yeah. Or they should be. Or Colin and Christy, because if you could make Colin and Christy melt down in leg two, oh, that'd be fun. But also, they are now the best Amazing Race team left, average-wise. Oh, and you also have those three-timers, Leo and Jamal, who have, you know, almost crossed the finish line twice. Maybe you should think about you turning them. Maybe just maybe this was a short-sighted move on the wrong team. Ah, Rachel wouldn't do something like that. (laughs) And Rachel says that she misses Brendan, but it was intense when she was with him. And it's nice to have Elithra around, because they can talk about girl things. Yeah, they can talk about the Drop Method fitness app. (laughs) God. Why would you be talking about girl things on the race? So you see something in... In Lau, oh, that's a nice dress. As if you'd see something that they would talk about. Don't you think that elephant was way cute? <laughs> so cute. Oh, my God. I don't think I could be in a room with those two people. I, I, I couldn't. I just, I'd have to, I don't know what I'd do. I'd have to kill myself. It was really interesting for me for me last night when I was on uh, on the radio because on one side of me I had professional comedian, on the other side I had former apprentice contestant who I was like trying to get all the behind the scenes stories off. But those two were just so interesting that I was kind of sat back just going, "Yeah, you guys need to talk because this is just really interesting for me." I'm just like not going to butt in because I'm so interested as an observer of this. No, you see, Alyssa and Rachel would not be interesting for me. Oh, no, it'd be really interesting to watch you have to speak to them. Oh, my God. You can oh talk about God. girl things with them. No. I don't. I talk about interesting things, not just girl things. Oh, my God. 
Let's talk about girl things. <laughs> Let's talk about <laughs> lip injections. Oh, <laughs> stupid people who do lip injections. So yeah, I'm not going to lie. If we did get X interviews, I would have gamed it so you had to speak to Rachel and Melitha. I could Seriously. I would have just made it a surprise for you. Oh my and they would think Lord. we would have a list the whole time. That would be hilarious. <laughs> they just feel bad, like, oh, he's trying to say your name, Alitha. So Alitha. He's trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and instead of saying the word now, we have to say meow. So are you ready to podcast meow? Are you ready, Alitha? <laughs> What's the relationship status between you and um, and fun thoughtable uh, meow? Oh my god. Okay, where are we up to? Detour, I think? No, oh no, we've not even... Most of the teams haven't left the pit stop yet. <laughs> well, we're talking about the U-turn. We're at the double u We've gotten to the U-turn board. Oh yeah, we have. We're jumping back and forth, it's fine. So, next teams to leave are Becker and Floyd, and they read that they aren't allowed to have their knees or shoulders uncovered, so they have to bring out the Hawaiian shirts. And then Rachel and Litha leave the pit stop, and they describe themselves as Team Fun 2.0. At which point, Becker and Floyd do the understandable thing, and leave them. No, they aren't 2.0. They're not even 1.01 anything. I love Michelle's irrational hatred of female teams. <laughs> if they're stupid, I can't handle them. I don't hate all female teams. There we are. <laughs> I don't. I just don't like the ones who don't think. Think, women. God's sake. Use the brain. Use the brain that you have. So I learned that tuk-tuks don't have insurance. They can run over um, random uh, New York women. Apparently so. (laughs) (laughs) Cornelia, that's the first time I've seen it where a team intentionally, like... Uh, zigzagged on the road so a team in a tuk-tuk behind them could not pass. That's crazy. I think a lot of people are warming to Corinne and Eliza now because they are just, like, sniping at everyone. And the thing is, they're not being too successful themselves, so it makes it a lot more... Uh, it makes it a lot, a lot more... It makes it easier to watch. It's funnier. Funny, funny is yeah. good. Their storyline of being constantly shat on by the world is very entertaining. Oh, and you know what was great? Uh, the one good thing about this season with having Colin and Christy back is you get the most absurd fan fiction interaction of having Colin and Christy have a one-on-one conversation with Rupert and Laura. Like, no one ever thought that would happen. Not just that. Them greeting each other in the airport and being best friends. Yeah, yeah. like... Like, could you, like, ten years ago, after, say, unfinished business, can you be like, hmm, in another ten years from now, Colin Christie, who haven't played in, like, 15 years, and Rupert, who's, who, who has been on Survivor four times, they're going to be on the same season of Amazing Race and have an interaction in the airport. It's crazy. You wouldn't have thought it. At all. Yeah. Especially when Rupert looks like an ox, and then Colin has to test to see of whether or not he's broken. <laughs> I'm an elephant, not an ox. <laughs> Who made me an ox? John. I'm clearly an elephant. You ox motherfucker. 
Okay, so we got the two U-turns. Um, Lee Wen Jamal and Rupert and Laura almost run over Corinne and Eliza and their tuk-tuk, but fail. And, yeah, the next day we get the clue and we get our detour of just letters of the alphabet, A, B, C, or B, B, Q. But first, there is the surprise U-turn board and Becca and Floyd's wonderful picture. Becca, especially. They just do not <laughs> like being U-turned. Becca has the most Aaron and Jocelyn expression on her face I've ever seen. What, being waterboarded? <laughs> no, I was thinking more of a drawer expression. I know you were, but Erin saying she'd rather be waterboarded than listen to our podcast is the endorsement that everyone needed. <laughs> so the detail is ABC or BBQ, and in ABC teams learn the Lao alphabet and recite it correctly in front of a group of small children to get their next clue. And in BBQ, teams must travel to a market, buy the ingredients, and then prepare traditional barbecue skewers to get their next clue. Which one would have you done? I think I probably would have done the alphabet. Me too. I would not. I'm a teacher. I've seen these alphabets in different countries. They're hard. Mind you, I'm impressed with Corinne and Eliza. The way they, the way they describe things, like Corinne said, oh, you like that bag. Oh, but no, you don't like that bag. And, and the way Eliza just intonated was amazing. Well, the thing is, if you read Corinne and Eliza's bio, you would know that they would go immediately for this task because Eliza speaks fluent Mandarin and they are language people. There we go. Language people are really good with um, associating things um, in their daily life. That's one of the easier, that's how I was able to learn Spanish, which is compare it to random things. And make little jokes with a lot of the words. If Corinne and Eliza had failed at this challenge, then they would have been screwed anyway, because this is their best chance to actually get ahead. But also, I feel like the alphabet challenge is a bit easier in terms of they're going to be a bit more lenient with your your pronunciation. Because as long as you're enthusiastic, it's not going to matter as much. Yeah, charisma to win over the crowd. Yeah. Don't be like, oh, this language sucks. This is the this is the worst language I've ever tried to learn. This is bullshit. Oh my god. Stop it. Oh, it's a Colin quote. I, I know, but it's it's overused. Um Rupert was apparently there for about an hour, they said. Yeah, can't say I'm surprised. Because his language skills can be described as not good. He just, gr- I mean, his regular speaking is just him grunting the whole time. Now he has to use actual words and intonation. No, no, Why do you mean we didn't get it right? Isn't that what they said? <laughs> I'm saying it just the way you said it to me. No. So why would you have picked the barbecue task, Michelle? Be- being a teacher and, and, you know, I have a lot of Mandarin students and um, Russian and I have... So many different ones that the differences between how they speak and how we speak is just tiny little differences, but it makes a totally different word. And I just knew I would have an issue if I had to do that. So it would have been the case of you not doing one of the tasks rather than you choosing one of the tasks. Yeah, exactly. I think the barbecue challenge was a bit kind of more intricate. Yeah, I think so. I mean, who had the most... Did Tyler and Corey have the most problems with that or were they just did they just arrive... Last. Well, they did the alphabet challenge first. They did both, yeah. 
and then went to barbecue. I think Chris and Brett probably had the most challenges. I'm surprised Brett didn't do the alphabet challenge because apparently the Lao language is just sounds like a Boston person talking. <laughs> it's like Joey Carino going ABC. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he, he it's just the Boston Jackson Five. And you know who I think would have been good at the ABC task? Micah? Who? Brooke Hamhigh. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she would have rocked it. I mean, Scott would have been rolling his eyes at how well she was doing. <laughs> he would have wanted to use the Secret Express Pass to uh, get through the task. But yeah, th- I think this is the sort of task where Brooke definitely would have shined. Why do you say that? Knowing her? <laughs> the honest answer. <laughs> like, the, the sort of more mental tasks are definitely... Brooks Forte. Mm. They would have definitely done this task. Yeah. Like, no question about it. You should ask them. I will. Don't worry about that. Bring her on this podcast, and we're going to do that exact challenge. I'm going to fly to Lau, and <laughs> we're going to make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I just just do one of our regular games. Logan has to recite the Lau alphabet from memory, and so does Brooke. We'll see who does it better. Oh, mm. that actually would be fun. God, when was the last time we had to do something from a challenge? What was that? Uh, that was the Name the Hunters challenge, Michelle. Oh, yeah. No, before that, for race, though. Didn't I say a, the, the rap, well, the, there was a dance? There was a, there was a song with a dance that they had to do, and I think I learnt the song. Yeah, you did, because you played us out. Yeah, that oh, was, was that the Guide Your Light? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Guide Your Light. <laughs> that was weird. But yeah, maybe that's what we can replace the, the interviews um, in the off-season with. Just have challenges against amazing races. That'd be nice. I like that idea. I mean, let's be honest. We're taking quite a break after this season. <laughs> Once 31 ends, we're hibernating for a little while. Unless they put 32 on at the end of the year because they've already got in the bag. Yeah, but we're not even entertaining the idea of doing Amazing Race Canada and we're not doing anything in the place of Amazing Race Canada this year. Exclusive. Do we want to do... We don't want to do Survivor South Africa, do we? No, because that starts on the 16th of May and there's not a chance I'm doing two podcasts again a week. <laughs> I'm shooting that idea down already, Michelle. Amazing Race Canada was just 20 minutes from my house this morning, apparently. It was. They wow, Logan! You know how I like to joke about Logan getting um, Mole UK cancelled? They went to a Mole UK location. It's probably still there. Logan, if you would, if you were home, what would you have done? Because apparently it was it was all over that they were there, and so you you would have been able to get to them. What would you have done? Well, no, they were they were going further north, so it would have been like they were Rebel Stokes, like an hour and a half away from my house. But I guess they stopped at the Tim Hortons in Armstrong, which I don't think even had a route marker there. I think teams were just driving through it for whatever reason. Oh, I'm guessing what they did is they probably landed at Kelowna Airport. No. No, that doesn't make sense either. I guess they drove through from Kamloops. That'd make the most sense. Kamloops so they just were driving is such a weird word. Kamloops is such a boring place. Very boring have you place. Been there? I have, yeah. When I when I went on the train from Jasper to Vancouver and ended up meeting up with Logan in Vancouver, we stopped in Kamloops. There's nothing there. Really? Like nothing. My friend just had to move to Kamloops, and it wasn't voluntarily. It's because her job made her move there. No one ever, like, the only thing that Kamloops is known for is that all of the other towns that are further north, they drive to Kamloops to do their big shopping about once a month. That's all you do in Kamloops. Why did they get out of Canada? What is wrong with them? 
I don't know, but they've certainly covered every inch of BC at this point. 13 legs in BC is something I never thought would happen. Or 14. Logan and I are playing a fun game now, which is, will BC have more legs by the end of the season than LA has? (laughs) Because it's quite close. Is it? Yes. BC has had 14 now. Oh. And I think four of them were in Vancouver. (laughs) And Janelle and Brittany get grouchy with each other on the way to the market. I like how they just openly admitted that uh, Big Brother contestants sleep about 14 hours a day on average, which is true. Yeah, except fight with each other and eat cereal. Personally, I, I can't understand how people watch the live feeds because it's so boring. And the thing is that the Big Brother Canada feeds are even worse because they don't show it when anything's interesting is happening because then they save it for the episodes. No, they don't show any of the competitions or anything, so you're literally just watching people eat cereal. Yeah. And Tyler and Corey attempt the ABC challenge, but get left out of the room by the children. And then Leo really wants to make Pablo a thing. And Tyler and Corey complete ABC in first. But it's Corinne and Eliza who leave ABC in first. And teams must now travel by Tuk Tuk to Elephant Village, where they will find their next clip. Oh, here we go. We're at the elephant task. Oh, my God. I don't know why production even lets people ride the elephants anymore, because it's a super-duper controversial thing. Like, when I was in Chiang Mai, Thailand, there wasn't even the option to ask for a place where you can ride elephants, because it's completely banned in Chiang Mai now. Except, like, really underground way. Like, you you can't publicize that you're able to ride an elephant now. And when I was in Thailand, we were meant to ride an elephant, and then there was all the uh, all all the other guests from previous cruises had complained, so they cancelled it. In Thailand, it's huge, but riding, you know, not in the good places, in the in the bad places where they have the the whips and things, and there's so many of them. There's even elephants by the side of the road that have got the harnesses on, and you can get on them in Thailand. It's not great. I would like to think that Bertram and Elise wouldn't endorse anywhere that did cruel things. Exactly. I mean, I I did research the website of where they went, and they have a nursery there. They um, they they take in ones that have been, you know, badly used in in other parks and. And it doesn't look like it is a bad place. And I read Rupert was saying that um, when he got there last, so his elephant was quite slow, but the other elephants, the first uh, the first few, apparently they were just coming up to them, they were running up to them, um, running up to their trainers and really easy, whereas he got a slow one. It was the last one. He was didn't really want to do anything and all he could do was the commands and all the trainers were doing was telling him he could only use commands. So it's not as though there were other things that he could have done to get the elephant to move like they do at other parts. It's very controversial. There were a lot of people on the main page just going for it. I imagine probably in a couple, give it a couple of years and I bet you that the chance of really being able to ride an elephant at any of these sanctuaries is going to be completely gone because it was completely gone in in Chiang Mai. Like, you can only clean the elephants and just hang out with them. You weren't, you're not allowed to ride them anymore. 
Which was the last season where they did clean them? What season was that? Season two, was they that? cleaned them. No, it was something recent. It was a recent Perfect. one. Yeah, 30 they rode them, yeah. 30 they were riding them. Did they ride them as well as clean them? I remember them yep. cleaning them. but Yeah, Jen, okay. Jen rode on them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there was a big thing, too. So I was surprised two seasons in a row that production was making people ride elephants when it's like the main animal abuse outcry thing that always happens on social media. But yeah, I'd like to think that Bertram and Elise wouldn't do anything that would actually be horrible to the animals. And I'd also like to think that Phil, especially as part of his role with Nat Geo, wouldn't endorse any of this. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the thing. It's like it's like some. It's probably true that nothing bad is happening there, but there's just such a bad reputation overall where it makes you think, why would you even risk that with your TV show? Looks cool on TV though. It does, and <laughs> everyone was so happy to do it, especially Nicole. Especially Brittany, who yeah. heard that she had to write it bareback. <laughs> Can't believe those words came out of her mouth. She's like, what? We have to write it bareback? Yeah, I'm not going to be clipping that for a future face screen clip at all. <laughs> totally am. You already have. I haven't, but only because I watched this last night. And I've not actually had a chance. <laughs> but I'm 100% going to be doing that. And then Corinne gets groped on the way up while getting on top of the elephant. Yeah. But first we have the wonderful... Uh, Britney moment of after Nicole and Victor say so proud of you babe to each other at the barbecue task so did Janelle and Britney maybe they'll get engaged maybe moms who like moms hey I'm um I don't know whether we've been past this part but um when Rachel and Melissa arrived team fun said the evil the evil twins have just turned up so are they going to call them that the whole time now I wonder oh I hope so the evil twins any chance for <laughs> for teams from different CBS franchises can snipe each other. I'm great with that. It makes me laugh. <laughs> and Leo and Jamal leave barbecue in second, with Nicole and Victor in third, and then Becca and Floyd being the fourth to leave barbecue, but they've still got to do ABC. And then Janelle and Brittany actually leave barbecue in fourth, and Colin and Christy in fifth. And Rachel and Alitha in sixth. And then another wonderful Rupert moment. When they leave ABC in seventh, Rupert's re- first reaction is, ha 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 ha, we did something. <laughs> the only thing we did in two episodes <laughs> it was good <laughs> and then Becca and Floyd leave ABC in 8th Chris and Brett leave barbecue in ninth. with Tyler and Corey in last and Leo and Jamal say that they are cool with everyone but the Survivor Girls did Jamal make that face out the window at Rachel and Alyssa uh, do you remember that face he made Oh, Queen Liza. He sounded he looked like one of those Maoris doing the haka when they <laughs> try and do the scary things. Oh my god. <laughs> the F the F hack animals. <laughs> so then the roadblock is who likes to be in command, and in this roadblock one team member must use loud commands only to control an elephant and find a musician hidden in the jungle who would give them the next clue. And it's Jamal, Nicole, Corinne, Brittany, Christy, Aletha. Becca, Chris, Tyler, and Rupert doing this roadblock. Yep. Nice. And after I speculated it last week, Nicole has never left the US before. Oh, wow. And she's grateful that Victor let her see an elephant. How old is she? My age? Yeah, like 20s. Never left the US. I think she's one year younger than me. So she won Big Brother, she got money, and she didn't travel. No. See, in Australia, if you win money... 
everyone always says, what are you going to do with the money? Everyone, without fail, will say, pay off a few bills, going to take a trip, uh, travel. Like, it's without fail. And she wins what? A million dollars, which, okay, oh, no. she wins 600000 500000 and doesn't do a trip anywhere. What is that about? Yeah. Why do you ever have to leave America? Yeah, you have everything you need right here. Yeah. So much, so only 30% of so Americans money. have a passport. Yeah, only 30%. Because yeah. they have everything. They have like seven countries in one country. It's like having all the stands in your own backyard. And Victor says that he's an experienced traveller as his dad was in the Navy. In the Navy. Silver <laughs> seven seas. And then Leon and Victor try and help Janelle and Brittany and not Corinne and Eliza to find the next clue. And Brittany says that she's not sure about riding an elephant bareback. She's, she hesitates, but then she's okay with it. She thoroughly enjoys it. Has, um, has Tyler given us any messages, by the way, Lou? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, let's see what Tyler Oakley said. He said, oh, there is actually lots of drama from the double U-turn. Becca said some not-so-flattering things uh, about Rachel and Alitha that didn't quite make it into the edit. Um, she may or may not have called her a wanker, which is kind of funny because I don't really, I don't really picture Becca saying that. Uh, let's see what else Tyler Oakley said. Let's see. Let's see. Um, they knew they were the biggest threats going into the season, expected to be U-turned. Um, if there's enough U-turns, they may or may not break, uh, Leo and Jamal's record. Um, they actually hate Leo and Jamal now because of being U-turned. Um, they blocked each other on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Um, all Christmas cards uh, that will be sent to the Afghanimals, including Pablo, including Pablo. Um, no, no Christmas cards for for the Afghanimals or Pablo from now on. So yeah, you know this double U-turn really stirred up a lot of drama. And oh, oh, and one last thing from Tyler, he said. Uh, Colin and Christy are not actually Buddhists at all. They're just saying it on screen so they don't get as much hate in the social media age. It's all its all a big front. They're actually steaming douchebags and during the filming of the season, constantly complaining to production and wanting better accommodations. Because, and I quote, their accommodation is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, stop their, their, it! Their fan is broken. Oh, and talking of Colin and Christy, uh, Christy has to help Corinne and Brittany control their elephants using energy. Use your aura. Use your aura, <laughs> Brittany. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Use no. your aura to ride this elephant bareback. And it's also a rare challenge where we see all the camera crews as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that when we see them doesn't need to be pointed out occasionally because Amazing Race US is very, very good at never showing the camera crews ever. Mm. And when they do, well, when actually, even when they don't, they do an aerial shot or something and I'm always pausing it to find the, the camera crews. I just, I just do weird things like that. Because of course you are. Yeah. So once teams re- reunite, they must now travel to Prince Petzerat's Palace, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in, Rupert and Laura may be eliminated and this is when you know that non-eliminations are are predetermined uh because if cbs were to rig it i'm sure rupert and laura would have been saved yeah definitely and nicole and victor leave in first with leo and jamal in second 
And then Becca shouts at her elephant, No, now you, Pie Pie. Pie Pie. Pie Pie. I hate I hate pie, by the way. I don't like I don't like the taste of pie. Is it all pie or is it some pies? All all pie. I think we have actually discussed this before. Yeah, like every every time I go there's a family function. It'll be like, oh there's there's no ice cream but there's pie. And then I always say, oh, I don't like pie. And they're like, what, you don't like pie? It's like, uh, this has been a running thing for like 15 years. Like, even if it's just immediate family. Like, for Thanksgiving, there was um, my uh, my future uh, sister-in-law. I guess she makes her own pies. So then she had some pie. And they're like, Logan, you know, why don't you try try the pie? I mean, she made this. you gotta got to be polite. I'm like, I hate pie, though. I've never liked any sort of pie. So I had pie for the first time in like eight or nine years, and sure enough, I hated it and didn't even finish the slice. And then everything else was meat, even though everyone knows I'm vegetarian at home. Ish. At home. I, I knew you were going to say that, Michael. That's why I said at home. And what do you mean, then... ish? What do you mean? What does he eat? He only had vegetarian with me. So when he was in Europe, he decided that turkey and chicken were vegetarian. Oh, that's right. Oh, I'm going to take any other places. I don't like pie. I mean, if if there's apple pie, I'd rather have apple crumble than apple pie. I don't like a lot of pastry, but a big Aussie thing is meat pie, and I wish I couldn't have given that to Logan, but I couldn't give that to Logan because he doesn't eat pie and he doesn't eat meat. Is that a meat pie floater? No, I don't like the floater thing because it's it's got the mushy peas on top and stuff. No, I just like the meat pie plain, that's it. So yeah, my future sister-in-law made all these pie, these pies. I'm like, no, I, I tried one, didn't like the taste of it at all. And then there was everything else was meat, and there was like salad, but there was cranberries. And like, I love any fruit and vegetable except the one I don't like is cranberry. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And then I went to Subway. Cool star, eh? Yeah. Pie's huge over there. Why does everyone eat pie? I don't know, but everyone loves pie. And then if you don't say, if you say you don't like pie, then you get interrogated and nearly waterboarded over why don't you <laughs> like pie? To be fair, eating eating pie is sometimes preferable to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Michael, is pie's not big in England either. You have the your meat pie sort of stuff, but that's it. You don't. You don't have, like, blueberry pie and pumpkin pie. What is that? Why are you having pumpkin in a pie? No, it's more savoury pies than sweet pies over here. That's weird. Pumpkin pie. And then we start the really fun adventure of Rupert loves elephants, just not this elephant. It's like Rupert was too heavy for the elephant. I should have lost more weight. I had too many pies. (laughs) And Corinne and Eliza leaving third. And then Leo and Jamal try and mislead Nicole and Victor to try and win the leg again. And it succeeds! Yeah. I love that Leo and Jamal are just taking advantage of Nicole's naivety. This is what happens when you go on the race three or four or five times, is that you just stop giving a damn about how you treat other teams, and you just troll them as much as possible. We saw with Leo and Jamal misleading Nicole for gain an unnecessary bigger target on their back and winning another leg. And with Rachel just you training the team because, eh, they didn't really team up with her to find the tickets that led to an equalizer. 
Is that day trader, rodeo clown, fitness superstar, ethicist, house flipper, mobile spray tanner, neuroscientist, bikini barista, horse breeder, portrait artist, retired FBI agent, candy store manager, UN communications director, employee, dental hygienist, Reiki master, welder, nutritionist, and high school swim coach? Rachel, by any chance? Yes. Excuse sure. me. Wait a minute. Did you just say bikini barista? What the hell is that? Bindle's theme for this week's Rachel's Jobs feature was former Big Brother contestant Jobs. But Bikini Barista? How do those two things go together? Someone was a Bikini Barista, apparently. Oh my god. It's really popular on some of the islands in the Philippines. Anything goes. Right. And if you heard last week's one, you'll probably be able to guess what next week's one's going to be, in terms of theme. (laughs) There's a subtle theme coming. I don't think anything's really subtle. <laughs> I expect submarine stripper or something like that's going to be on the next one. Don't give him ideas. I've I've already shot down one idea of a theme he's not allowed to use. Wow, you're actually saying to someone they can't do something on the podcast? Wow. Censorship? I just say that I won't read it out if he if he does this theme. Can I read it out? Jesus, if, if if it's that bad for you, it would be something that I would have to, like, scream over the top of, obviously. It's not bad for me. It's that I just don't want him trying to give me Dutch job titles. That's all. I've point blank said that I'm not going to do Vidim or Belgian mole job titles because I don't want to try and fumble my way through having to speak Dutch again. <laughs> because it's hard enough reading out those lists without actually having to do it in a foreign language. Hmm. So, Rachel and Lith leave it in fourth, with Colin and Christy in fifth, Janelle and Brittany in sixth, Tyler and Corey in seventh, and Chris and Brett in eighth. And in a speedboat race to the finish, Leo and Jamal win, and they get $2,500 each. And then Nicole and Victor checking in second, Rachel and Lith in third, fourth is Colin and Christy, fifth, Janelle and Brittany, sixth, Corinne and Eliza, seventh, Tyler and Corey, and eighth, Chris and Brett. And then ninth, Becker and Floyd, and Rupert and Laura come in last. The only two Amazing Race teams that were beaten at this leg were the two teams that got U-turned. And Rupert is one of the toughest survivors out there, or at least he considers himself to be, but Amazing Race kicked my ass. (laughs) I'm so bruised. Phil, have you got any medicine? (laughs) Christy, send me that positive aura energy. I need a butt pad. What? Because it kicked his ass. I can't sit down. Why do you sound like Arnie Schwarzenegger? (laughs) And you don't go to your boots on your motorcycle. Get to the elephant. Get down. Get to the chopper. I'm Pirate Rupert Bonham. Well, if Pearl Islands is ever dramatized, we now know who needs to play Rupert. Balboa. (laughs) Rupert Balboa. We've changed movies totally. Yeah, he's Rocky. He's now Rupert Balboa. <laughs> the Italian Stallion. Laura. I mean, Adrian. So next time, teams head to Ho Chi Minh City, where they light up the dance floor. Corinne and Eliza feel the pinch, and Leo and Jamal feel the pressure. What? So it's going to be weird for us, because for the next two weeks, at least, it's going to be Vietnam all the time. More Vietnam? Yeah, because it's... Spoilers, two legs in Vietnam. And we'll be finishing up Belgium Mole, which is also in Vietnam. We're going to be Viet- Vietnamologists. We're going to be Vietnamed out. Am mm-hmm. I doing the podcast with you next week? What time are you doing it? Uh, it'll be Saturday morning for you. 
That's a joy. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. That's why you're getting uh, a lion this week, because I feel bad about you having to get up early next week. Woohoo! That's okay. Hey, someone asked a question, you know, when you put up that post. Someone asked a question, and, and I'm interested too. It was about the U-turns, and they were asking if you can do it again later on. Now, I remember if in the past, if you've already U-turned someone, you couldn't do it again, and then they took it away, so you could, could U-turn again. Do you know what the current status is? Last I heard was 29 when you could use unlimited ones. Yeah, they didn't say anything different okay. about 30. Okay, so it's still unlimited maybe. As far as we are aware. Mm. I assume that's the only reason why both slots were filled on like two. Although, I'm sure Tyler Oka could tell us if otherwise. Maybe next week. Yeah, I'll ask him, I'll ask him for next week. Um, but yeah, he didn't say anything different about the U-turn rule, so I presume... The rules that were uh, amended as of season 29 are still in play, but I'll check with Oakley just in case. I've had a late question come in from Chris Dixon, who is a resident, very excited fan. Um, Chris Dixon, when girls take Um, drugs and then they die, who would have thought at summer high time? Was that, was his name, what? That's Annabelle (laughs) Dixon. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Jesus. He was wondering who do you think is going to win now that we've lost two teams? Well, I can't answer that because I know the answer. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. Okay, Logan, I think, I think, I really think it could be Tyler and Corey or Leo and Jamal at the moment. That's what I am thinking too. They're both performing in a very, well, them and Colin and Christy are performing in an extremely strong fashion. Mm, same. I think so. It's going to be one of those three amazing race teams. I can't see BB or Survivor cracking them uh, by the end of the season, especially when Leo and Jamal are going to rack up, when they can rack up, like, what? how many legs would it be if they make it to the finale, Michael? Uh, they would be on 34. 34 legs. Yeah, they're going to have 34 legs, and no one else is going to be even remotely close, except for Colin and Christy. Yeah, Colin and Christy getting to the end would be 25. Tyler and Corey would be 24. Mm-hmm. I was reading something Eliza said that um, on the you know on an on the island you're just stressed about alliances all the time, but you're pretty chilled. You're not doing very much, and he she said that with the race it's just intense all the time, and you, there is some downtimes when you you can be with the other teams and you can have fun, which isn't like it is on Survivor. You can't really have fun with the people because you can't let your guard down. Whereas on, a, on the race, they can let the guard down, but when it's on, it's just on and it's intense all the time. What do you think is going to happen next week in terms of will it be an elimination, will it not? Who's going to come in last? I think it's going to be a non-elimination, and I would say Chris and Brett are going to get rescued by it because they have yet to have a strong showing at anything in the first two rounds. That. You guys are so in sync. I was going to say Chris and Brett, but I was going to say if it's not a non-elimination next week, it'll be the week after. So I'm not definite about next week. They'd love to get non-elims out of the way earlier rather than um, rather than later, though. Mm. Mm. I will say no one's 100% sure where the non-eliminations are going to fall. There's just a theory on where they're going to fall. But I'm not going to say what it is, obviously, because it'll potentially spoil things. Um, question for Logan. Logan. In lap. In in Lau, because um, I, I someone came up to the mat and said Sawadee, which is Thai. Um, 
so in Lao, what are the languages? What do you know? What they were there? Do they speak Thai? I was never in Lao. Oh, I thought you were in Lao. Okay. I was very close to Lao, but I was never in Lao. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I gave you a lousy answer. I think there's some similarities between Lao and Thai. They they did look very did look similar to Thai. I will say that because. It's all those Southeast Asian languages, all intonation and those squiggly, mm-hmm. squiggly lines. The characters, the alphabet characters looked a lot like Thai. Yeah. Lao and Thai are very similar to each other. In fact, the two languages are linguistically similar, although their writing script varies a bit. Oh, they're mutually intelligible. Thank you, Mr. Google. There we go. So you guys think that if it's a non-elimination, it's uh, Chris and Brett then? Yes. I think regardless, if it's not elimination or an elimination, it's Chris and Brett. They're just going to come in last. I mean, they're just they're just running out of steam. And we've not seen that much of them at all. Except for two, like, dad jokes, that's about it. Kavino's going to be so disappointed. Yeah, in fact, have we, have we even mentioned them at all in these two podcasts? Not really, because as we actually predicted in the um, in the preview, we just haven't seen much of them. There's, like, no presence with them. Although we didn't see much of Rupert and Laura this week either, despite the fact it was their elimination episode. Eh, we saw quite a bit. There's quite a few of their own scenes, people saying, oh my god, it's Rupert Bonham. And then Rupert can be like, oh my god, it's Colin and Christy. Oh my god, it's my friends. <laughs> oh my god, I made a friend. My Rupert, oh my god, then, was actually quite good for, for me. Uh... <laughs> oh my god. I'm a pirate. Happy, happy, happy. I'm happy to have friends. No one would U-turn me. I'm happy. I won't U-turn them. <laughs> I'm not strong. <laughs> so have you guys got anything pie. else to say? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I think we should pie. Pie to next week. Pie pie. Pie pie. So, pie pie. Thank you for listening to this Amazing Race podcast. We'll be back next Sunday for another episode. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our social account, RCV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, and Logsburgie for Logan, and Beth for Michelle. Also, if you're watching Mole Belgi, we've got two weeks of that left, and we cover that Thursdays. See you next week. Bye-bye. Peace out and just chill till the next episode. Bye-bye. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong about Chris and Brett, I dare I say I will be eating some humble pie. Although not literally. <laughs> On oh, your dead literally. body. No, because, yeah, see, <laughs> pie fucking sucks. <laughs> no pie. <laughs>